we're going to hello and welcome to episode 14 of constructing comics a comic podcast building comic stories and pages one panel at a time on this episode we're going to review deadly class deadly class is a comic book series written by rick remender illustrated by wes craig colored by lee lowrich and lettered by russ wooten deadly class follows students enrolled in king's dominion a deadly arts high school in San Francisco as they train to become the next generation of top assassins for crime families across the globe. Image Comics published Deadly Class beginning in January of 2014. Then it became a TV show on the Sci-Fi Network in January of 18, January 2018. Spoiler alerts, we're going to discuss the pilot episode and material from the first trade of Deadly Class. Uh, this is Matt, and I'm joined by my pal Noah again. Hey there. Noah, why don't you lead us off with some general thoughts on the Deadly Class, please? Uh, I have mixed feelings about both. I definitely like the comic more than the TV show, uh, so far at least. I, I haven't watched anything more than the first episode, of course, but I, I definitely like the comics more, but I feel like both have weaknesses and both have strengths, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to go into them tonight. Awesome. So let's uh, let's look at the uh, the 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 very first page uh, that uh, that we're going to be discussing. This is a double page spread, and this is from issue one. Do, uh, do you have the page numbers here? Yeah, this is uh, issue one, page four, and it's the animated sequence from the the first episode of the TV show as well. And it's basically Marcus's origin story. Mm-hmm. of how his parents died and basically how he became an orphan. And uh, it was the, the, the initial, the initial uh, uh, event that set him on this downward path that eventually led to King's dominion. Yeah. Um, it's very grisly and it, it sort of is messed up and disturbed and it sets the tone for the rest of the book as well. Yeah. We have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of cool things here. We, you know, we, we have a, we have a color, sort of uh scheme that that shifts you know the the very first page of uh marcus um laying down um and then as we sort of fade into a to a memory we we go to like gray washed out tones and then the the bottom panel where the the impact from the the lady jumping um that's red uh, very violent very bloody um so there's sort of almost um divided into to three uh three segments there yeah, I, I definitely like the the psychological aspect. Well, excuse me, the psychological aspects of this of the color scheme in this in this um, in this page on this on this spread. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gets the emotions across. It gets the darkness. It gets the dismal craziness of it out of the way. Um, I like all the negative space that it's used. How it creates the black shapes. Um, yeah, it, it's like a Rorschach test with like blood spilled on it, basically. And uh, it's, yeah, it, it's messed up. Um, but again, it's sort of that, like, that dismal, dark, disturbed, uh, you know, uh, tone that sets the tone for the rest of the, the, the series. Yeah, and you mentioned that this is uh, the animated sequence in the TV show. Yeah, um, definitely and- my favorite part of the TV show. And uh, it looks like they pulled very heavily from uh, the the art style and the, the images here when they did that uh, that animated sequence in um, in the show. Yeah, I really wish they had uh, done more of this in the episode because uh, the comic series definitely does it. 
Mm-hmm. So the comic series does each of this, this style with like the black and the white and on a double page spread for the origins of other characters. Okay. So they do it in issue, uh, they do it in issue, uh, issue two for the character Willie as well. And um, I think they might do it later on in the series uh, for like Maria and uh, other characters, Maria and Chico definitely later on in the series. So um, hopefully maybe the show will do it later on and we'll get to see more of this style. I'd like that because I'm a huge animation fan, especially 2D animation. Yeah. I love Wes Craig's style. I think it lends itself perfectly to animation. Yeah, that would be nice, and certainly it would fit sort of like a like a scheme. Whenever anybody gives their backstory or their origin, you 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 flip back into the style, and you you sort of get a motif that 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 would go through episodes. That would that would be an interesting and uh, and cool choice to make. Yeah, they do that in Scott Pilgrim, and it's really great. And it's really effective. Of course, in Scott Pilgrim the movie, they play it for laughs and stuff like that. But I would like sort of this twisted uh, cartoon, you know, because that sort of represents sort of the the dual nature of the 80s that this show tries to get across, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like some like simple, sweet animation, but there's something really just sick and disturbed behind it as well. So, yeah, I, I, I liked, I'd liked if they continued that. To, it would fit with the theme of the story. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to take us to, to the next page where, uh, where Marcus is introduced to most of the other main characters that are in, in King's Dominion with him. Um, this is, is this also from issue one? Yeah, that's issue, that's issue one, page 21. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's recreated pretty well in the show. Like even with the intro of Mr. Lin, mm-hmm. you know, seeing him from behind first and him walking through uh, the room to get to Marcus. Uh, and then of course, all of them surrounding him when they take the bag off of his head. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it is. Or is he blindfolded? I can't remember. Um, uh, it's a it's, it's a bag in the it's it's, it's the a comic. Yeah, and, and the sh- I'm sorry. It's it's a, it's sort of like a like a ski mask sort of okay. a bag um, uh, put on him. So okay, yeah. So I I definitely like that. Um, I like all the panel recreations in the show a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of stuff is just great. You know, yeah. I have, we really haven't seen that in live action since something like Watchmen, and that's been like ten years. Yeah. yeah, so I guess Sin City came out a couple of years ago. The sequel came out, but uh, it, it doesn't happen very often. So to see recreations of panels is pretty great, especially when they're trying to adapt a comic as faithfully as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what's really cool here is the the, the color scheme. Um, they're they're in a they're in a meat locker. Um, and we get these these cool blue tones on the on the skins and the uh, and and the body. So we 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 feel the coldness of the of the environment through the, through the color choices there. Yeah, and that's something about the series that's just wonderful. Lee Lee, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Lowridge. Yes, I believe uh, so. Lee Lowridge's colors are just gorgeous, and they're very monochromatic. So there's a sequence later on in the series that's just beautiful where Maria and Marcus are fighting against uh, the cartel that Maria's from. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's this great sequence where it's all like, everything's engulfed in flame. So there's all these oranges and yellows and fits with uh, with Maria's dress, which is red. Uh, It's just a gorgeous sequence. And I think that's something that I was really disappointed about in the the show. Isn't that something that is missed from a lot of direct adaptations from comics to movies. And I think, 
I kind of blamed Zack Snyder for it because like, you know, he did, you know, 300 and Watchmen and both are just drained of the colors that made the comics so great. Um, which again is like, there's, there are movies that do it well. Like, you know, um, of course, Sin City does it, but you know, it was black and white with just added colors in there. But I talk about Scott Pilgrim all the time, which was so vibrant and colorful. And even now with, uh, Spider-Verse, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I guess they wouldn't have known that it was so successful. So that was one, that's my, one of my big complaints about TV in general, but especially this show is that it's so drained of color. It's it either has this sepia toned filter over it or it's this gray tones and, uh, it's just bland and it doesn't have the, the colors and the vibrancy of the, the comic. Yeah. in the show a lot, they're either indoors or they're when they're outside, it's, it's night, it's rainy. Um, I think we get a few shots when they're in the, the, the quote unquote, the graveyard, which is the, the roof of the school. That's maybe the only time we get some bright, bright sunlight, everything else yeah. is dark and then the shadows and then and rain. So it's very brooding, like the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, so, which, you know, I can, I can complain about those, the look of those shows all day too. Um, but that, yeah, so that's, that's something I was missing from the, the adaptation. But like the visual to screen stuff is great. And we'll talk about that in the next pages um, when we get to the, the motorcycle escape um, yeah. and the show as well. Okay, so another page that we had brought to look up is uh, Willie and Marcus when they are out and they need to complete that uh, that mission. Um, yeah, we have uh, we have sort of uh, two thirds of the page made up of of Willie holding the gun and and the person running away, and then the last panel is a wider panel where um, uh, the person has escaped down the uh, the alleyway. Um, what's, what, uh, what are your thoughts there on that page design? Oh, I love that page, especially the tension that Wes Craig builds in it. And, uh, again, the show does a good job building that tension as well, but there's not the character depth in the show as there is in the comics. Um, so this is from issue three, page 11 through 12. And I love that. Yeah. So this, this one, you know, again, great emotion from Wes Craig and his expressions that he gives to Willie but also just in showing the distance between the two characters mm-hmm. and the show does that well too. It shows that he can't, you know, he can't execute the guy. Um, but in the show, there's, there's no context for this at all. Yeah. Um, there's, or it's very little build up. Whereas in the comics you have a little bit in issue one, you get Willie's background is sort of what he like, you know, he wants to be real gangster Mm-hmm. Issue two is the same thing and they're just building it up. And by issue three, there's a real payoff where he can't like, you know, he can't perform. Mm-hmm. And it's actually issue three, page six, um, which we, I talked about earlier. So I, I mentioned it was page two. It's actually issue. I mean, sorry, I mentioned that as issue two. It's actually issue three where we get Willie's origins in the same style as we get uh, Marcus's violent origins as well. But that's on issue three, page six. And you get this great sequence of Willie gunning down the, the gangsters that killed his dad. Okay. And uh, it's it, that page is very similar to the, the first uh, spread with Marcus, his family being um, killed by the suicide uh, jumper. Okay. And, um, but like, we don't get any of that in the show, you know, and also we don't have any reason for them being out there outside of Willie, just knowing that Marcus wants to kill a, a homeless man. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, in the books, there's a setup where Master Lin gives them an assignment to go out and kill someone. And uh, so they have no choice but to be out there. And it's Marcus's idea to find this guy and kill him. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that was sort of one of my disappointing parts. I think the characters, for the most part, in the show were handled well, except for Willie, who's one of my favorite characters in the books, but just not handled well at all in the first episode. He might be handled well later on in the show because there is more to the character than just that scene. But first episode is very disappointing. Yeah, I think they uh, part of the difference between the the still images on a uh, on a comic book page and uh, the the motion that we get. Uh, you know, Willie holds the gun on the guy and his his hand quivers. Um, but here, you know, we we uh, we get him holding the gun and we get a lot of. Uh, a lot of tension as we zoom in on his face and we're also getting tension as we watch the guy um make his way um uh away from him so you know we're we're getting that tension and we're also getting uh side by side the the person making the escape where in the tv show it's just sort of willie holding the gun and, and his 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 hand shaking um, yeah. so that's the difference between still imagery and, and motion there so okay so we uh we move on to to our next page um and now this is the page where marcus is delivering a blow to to the man um and uh we we have uh willie's reaction um and we have a we have a lot of uh close-ups of of marcus's face uh willie's face is covered with blood and then we finish with uh willie um with a uh a uh, look of fear, uh, shock, and uh, you know, blood spatter on his face. So, um, give me give me a breakdown here on, on the on on the art choices. Again, just great colors by Lee Luffridge, uh, Lowridge. Um, I love how he switched to the yellows mm -hmm. in this page, um, contrasting with the blues on when Willie can't pull the trigger. Is that that's right? Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that right. Yeah. And um, I love the yellow because, of course, there's something, you know, violent about yellow contrast with red. When those are paired together, there's something really violent about it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's my big thing. Again, I just love colors, especially Lowridge colors. Um, again, it's very similar to the Willy page where you have this tension, you know, it's like uh, cross cutting back and forth between two people and two things going on at the same time. And uh, this is also, again, where the show kind of dumbs down the violence of this, this page as well. It's mm -hmm. still violent in the show, but with the story and everything leading up to this, there's been, uh, in the book, leading up to this, the colors have been very, like, you know, blues and, you know, maybe with some yellows or, or oranges mixed in very soft light to this, like, just incredibly intense yellow and red page um that just comes out of nowhere in the book and this just violent outburst um and that's sort of how the book in the books is you know where it has these moments of just unpredictable violence in there and it just explodes on the page and the colors and in the artwork and at least i wasn't feeling that in the first episode of this show where i just didn't feel that explosion of just i guess with the exception of the cold opening where master lynn like smashes the one girl's head into the table like mm -hmm. out of nowhere um or like punches her in the face i guess or something like that i can't remember Waxer i think he uses a, he uses the cane yeah he uses a cane okay yeah. yeah like with the exception of that 
um, there's not really much of that in the show where it's just that outbreak of like, you know, you don't feel the deadly nature of every character. And this is where in the books, you definitely feel how deadly and dangerous Marcus is in this page. Um, and in the show, I guess you kind of get that too, that there's this deadly nature to Marcus that makes him fit in well at King's Dominion. Yeah. I, uh, I like uh, the color choices as well. I think what's interesting here is the, almost the center panel where, where Mark, where Marcus is there and he's, he's got the, he's got the, the pipe or the stick behind his head. He's, he's orange. He's, he's sort of raging, but he's got that light blue behind him where he's also sort of like, uh, while he's raging, uh, he's, he's still sort of like calm and in, in control. Um, uh, which probably speaks to a little bit to to his nature there, but I, I think yeah. that the fact that that's like the the calmest color that we get on the whole page is is, is an interesting choice as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. Also, of course, orange and blue are very complementary of mm-hmm. each other, and contrasting. Yeah, just good choice of color on this page. Um, I love the flat nature of the colors in this book, but they still add so much depth. Yeah, um, in the comic. Okay, so that's going to bring us to to another page. Uh, there, they they appear to to be in an arcade uh, here. Um, uh, what uh, what issue and uh, page number is this here? So uh, this is from issue five, and I okay. can't remember the page number, but this is from issue five, and it's it's a uh, they touch on this a bit in the show, which I really liked, is the the drug use, mm-hmm. and they sort of established that from the first episode, which becomes. They don't establish as much of in the first issue of the comics, so I'm glad they established it early on in the show, mm-hmm. setting that, again, just sort of themes for the rest of the show, and I hope they keep doing it. But issue four and five are very reminiscent of, like, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, where, like, all the trippy trippiness is, like, uh, um, you know, is, is like, uh, coming to life before Marcus's eyes. So, like, Mr. T in this page is popping out of the of the slot machine yeah much like how in the show uh ronald reagan like at one point crawls out of the tv yeah ring style um after marcus after he's uh smoked the joint filled with angel dust um again sort of again feeding to like the 80s themes you know where like drug culture was gone but like uh not like how it was in like the 60s i'm sorry the 60s or the 70s but uh, you know, was more of a rebellious thing at that point, especially with like Nancy Reagan and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to the comic series. So I'm glad they established that as being a, an important factor in the first episode as well, even if it is just for a short moment. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've touched on the the color choices a lot here, but here again, we have uh, the first panel, Marcus is yellow and sort of all of the things that are, not really happening they're 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 in yellow as well so you sort of have a correlation between you know marcus is the one seeing these things he's yellow and then when we see the things that aren't really there they're yellow um and i like how when he's um he's at the slot machine for the last couple of panels um and he's he's pulling the lever um the 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 images get really really small so you sort of get like the the feel of like multiple handle pulls on the on the slot machine and and lots of different combinations uh popping up there so that's that's definitely cool 
um, you know, Mr. T and in, in, in the eighties would, would have been a big thing. So you, you, you hit the time frame there. So. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I also like how, yeah, I like how that, like that, that, like you brought that up, the colors sort of established. This is from his POV. Everything that he's hallucinating is the same color. That's just great use of color coding. In yeah. Story. Okay. Do you have anything else there before we move to, to the next page? No, 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 I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I like the, I always like when people do homages to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and good homages too, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. So we have, uh, we have another page here, um, which uh, I'm assuming is, uh, is continuing uh, some sort of uh, hallucination with, with drugs. Um, so uh, we, we see Ronald uh, Reagan um, as a, as a, a cosmonaut uh, from the Soviet Union. Um, then we get we we get a couple more creepy panels. Um, why don't you tell me uh, what you think of the art choices here? Yeah, this is just continuation on from the the next page thematically. Okay. It's it's from a couple more issues down, probably like in the teens. I'll have to look it up later, but it's from the teens. Um, and uh, you know, basically Marcus has gone down a huge hole. He's sort of lost focus, but sort of in this trip, he's sort of re like, you know, like repurposed himself where he's sort of like his true purpose is coming in. And like that, they established that in the show where he talks about like, I want to kill Ronald Reagan, you know? And um, in this, in this trip that he's having, it's sort of re like reminding him of why he's there and sort of why he's like, why he's so filled with hatred and violence as well. And um, it's kind of at a point where he sort of lost his way. And it's like the, the comic is so morally gray, you know? So it's not like this is like a good choice, but it's sort of like the choice that like he has to go down and sort of what this book is all about is just this moral grayness of the, the violent acts that these characters commit. Uh, so it's sort of him finding his morally gray purpose again, you know, in killing Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I love about this page is, is that, uh, it shows Wes Craig's style, you know, yeah. like uh, well, his, his, I mean, not his style, but his skill in like doing all these different styles in one page. And it just sort of adds to the trippy uh, psychedelic quality of his artwork. And there's a couple pages like this in the sequence of them. I'm freaking out in space with uh, Ronald Reagan in the cartoon space suit, but Ronald Reagan's head's more rendered and photorealistic yeah. than anything else. Uh, it's just great to see different styles in one page without it feeling too collage-y. Mm-hmm. Feel like, you know, have it feel more like a consistent comic book piece, but then other things are more cartoony and it's, it's just a great like chaotic page. Yeah. And I think uh, what we have, which is cool here is uh, the, the, the imagery of, of Marcus. He, uh, he's more rendered at the beginning, but as he sort of, the page goes on and as his sort of drug trip uh, goes on, he's, he's not rendered as much. So it's sort of like more of his sort of uh, his, it represents his sort of uh, uh, ability to, to deal with things. He's, he's not as complete. He's not as focused. He's not as detailed as he was um, in the first panel, you know, the first panel, he's very cartoony. And then by the, you know, the, the fourth panel here, he's almost slightly more than a stick figure. Um, uh, so that sort of is a cool way to represent um, his descent into uh, into more confusion. 
Yeah, I really like that. And, you know, conflict. Um, and at this point in the story, there's a lot of conflict building up, a lot of bad choices being made by Marcus. So it, it fits perfectly in a freak out trip sequence. Um, it, it even fits the story well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, another page that we are actually, these are two pages that uh, we had picked to look at. This is um, where, where Saya shows up on the, the motorbike to, to save, save Marcus. Um, uh, so uh, these come, these are very closely um, represented by the TV show. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we have, we have the red, the red tones, um, you know, uh, it, this is, this is, this is bright here. That might've been one of the brightest moments in the show when he was running through the, through the parade. Uh, Maria was very, very red there, uh, with the red dress, the red fans. Um, uh, we have a lot of slanted panels here to show, um, motion as the, you know, the motorbike is speeding away, the cop car is chasing, um, uh, it's reds and black. So, so what do you think about these two pages here? I love the action on these two pages and I love how Wes Craig draws action in general. Mm -hmm. Like these were some pages that when I read all these on comiXology, I was screenshotting all of these because these are just gorgeous action, action sequences drawn on here. And I think we talk about action a lot on these, on this podcast, but yeah. I think we both have an affinity for a good action sequence in a comic book. Um, I love how, uh, how this page, the first page moves. Mm -hmm. So the, the, you know, left to right, of course, but also in this one, left, right, down into the next page and, um, leads up and down, you know, like, you know, it's, it's just great. It's almost like a staircase, kind of like that one page we talked about earlier in the series with, uh, the descent, um, from that Warren Ellis book. Yeah. Uh, Cemetery beach. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's sort of it's it's very similar, but it's laid out in panels where it's sort of that, like you know this this great flow that goes you know down to so like you know up to down, down to up, and it just leads you right off the page into the next panel. Even so, that like um, this captures like San Francisco streets as well, which is so great, and it uses that to guide your eye along the page because mm -hmm. you know all the streets there are so hilly, so it's great to see this uh, so panel. One, two, three, four, five, six. So panel six, where it's that that little square on the bike zooming up the hill. And then yeah. that fi leads into the final panel, which is heading up, which draws your eye up into the next page. It's just great. So it flows so well. It keeps the momentum going where you can feel the speed of these characters. And um, I'm wondering how much of that is Wes Craig and how much of that is Rick Remender because he does so much of that here in this series, but also in. Um, uh, death or glory as well there's a lot of that there and maybe it's just because of bengal or how it, however you pronounce his name maybe takes inspiration from west craig as well yeah um i i would be interested in that as well there's a lot of uh uh in tokyo ghost which would be under yeah. and uh sean murphy there's a lot of motorcycle michael motorcycle action there um uh, so that would be interesting to see if there, we could do somehow way do a comparison of what he wrote for for this and what he wrote for a car chase in uh, Death of Glory or in a car or motorcycle chase in, in Tokyo Ghost. So that that would be interesting if we were able to do that. 
Yeah, I'd really like to do that. But I love, I mean, I spec again, I'll say it again. I love the last panel on the first page and how it's moving up. So mm-hmm. it draws your eye up to the next, to the top of the next page. And subsequently that panel draws you down towards the next couple panels. And even Saya's uh, face is uh, looking to the right, which is sort of slants and it, it bumps into the next panel, um, panel two on that page. It's just, just great. And then of course the action from the, the following three panels leads into each other and up and down. Yeah. It's, it's just so much, so much great movement on this page and it's executed so well um, so that your eye just flows so well and you feel the, the fast pace of this, of this action sequence. Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a great, uh, great sequence. Okay, yeah. so we have another example um, of a, a page. Um, there's, a, there's a page here uh, where uh, Marcus is at the tower, the tower where his, uh, the lady jumped in, landed on his parents, and he's, he's standing um, at the top, and, and Saya uh, shows up, and they, they have a conversation. Um, we have a lot of blue and uh, purple tones. Um, um, and so this, this was a dark sequence in the TV show as well, where it was nighttime. Um, and we, we have a lot of panels here. We have a lot of mirroring, pa- mirroring panels here. Um, uh, what, what do you think here about this, this page? Uh, this is like poetry in motion, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I love the symmetry of this page. Again, um, like we talked about Rorschach pages as well. And uh, I love the framing devices, of course, in here. There's a lot of panels on this page, but there's also a lot of panels within panels yeah. on this page. Uh, for example, uh, pay, panel one, uh, panel three, where uh, Marcus, where you see Saya is framing Marcus with mm-hmm. her arm, it's over the shoulder, but also the, the ledge um, and the pole that Marcus is hanging off of is framing him as well. Uh, I love that. I love that, you know, this page has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 panels on it, mm-hmm. uh, plus a panel in the middle that's just a, a word box, mm-hmm. you know? So like, and then of course there are, there are, I guess, two little panels down at the bottom. So this is like, you know, upwards of 16 panels on this page. Uh, it's just gorgeous. But of course, a lot of these panels are silent as well. And it sets that tone. And um, it also adds to the poetic, uh, moody nature of the script, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, since this is like a teenager, like, you know, from the teenager's POV, you know, he's so like, uh, he's so like the 80s uh, moodiness, you know, of a teenager. So like all the words and the, the script sort of complements uh, the art really, uh, the art really complements that moodiness and uh, love the blues and the purples as well. Yeah, I uh, I almost feel like this builds the tension more than than the TV show did. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you kind of know that your main character is not going to take the take the leap um, uh, off the building, um, but it um, it almost feels more likely here in this page of uh, the sixteen panels um, than it did in the TV show. Um, uh, it just it just feels more more dramatic and more possible here. Um, so I think that's one thing that they were able to do in the 
with this page that they weren't able to do so much with the TV show. Also, um, in the TV show, Saya, how she gets him down is by kissing him, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, you know, yeah, you can do that kind of thing. But I like how in this show, how they build an attraction without anything like that, without any like physical interaction, mm-hmm. you know, by just zooming in on her mouth and like, you know, her, her like, were like her lips forming the words and stuff. Um, there's so much more of a connection built here than even on the show where she just talks to him for a bit and then, you know, makes out with him uh, to get him down. Uh, you know, this is definitely taking the high road here in doing something more creative with building a relationship and building an attraction between them. And they're not even looking at each other in this no. page, but you can get a sense of attraction to each other just by how they're, you know, the space between them and how they're framed in this page. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's just a great moody, again, moody, uh, yeah, like, you know, poetic page. It's, it's, it's really great. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a uh, couple of minutes to talk about a little bit more about the, the choices uh, that the TV show made uh, as opposed to, to the comic. Um, I think one thing that's interesting here is that uh, uh, our protagonists and all of the, the supporting characters, none of them are really, um, you know, are, are white hats or are shining knights. They all have, they all have a problem um or an issue um yeah. it's sort of a it's a whole tv show of anti-heroes i guess the comic book is 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 the same as well um so what what do you think what do you think there well i, I think yeah i like how the show does do that like they stick with the moral like i've talked about the moral ambiguity of the comics where there are protagonists and antagonists but no real heroes or villains mm-hmm. um in the comics and uh, so more so in the comics than even in the TV show though. And I think that's mainly just because they want to attract a larger audience in the show. They can't go full like uh anti-hero like they do in the, in the comics. And I don't even say, I wouldn't even say they're anti-heroes in the comics in the show. They're anti-heroes mm-hmm. in the comics. They're flat out villains, like they're yeah. assassins mm-hmm. and uh, like, they're not good people at all. And um, in the show, they kind of try to make it seem like uh, there's some nobility to Marcus and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the comic, like he doesn't murder a guy. His first kill isn't a guy that like was a bully or anything like that or like abusing anybody. It was like a war veteran who just said that like he did bad things during Vietnam. And then Marcus comes up behind him and like, like you know, beats his brains in. And like, that's, uh, that's how it is in the comics. And Willie's just shocked at like, just this violence towards a guy who was unarmed mm-hmm. and like, you know, wasn't doing anything wrong, had actually been kind to Marcus. Um, whereas in the show, it's like, oh, this guy was bullying Marcus. That's why he beat him up. And uh, even in the comics with like, when it gets into like Chico uh, being abusive to Maria and stuff like that, uh, Marcus isn't like, you know, he doesn't stand up for her at all. Like he's a total coward. (laughs) Like he totally like walks away from it. He doesn't want to have any kind of like issue with uh, Chico at all in the books. And he like, even to the point where he won't, he doesn't want to get involved with Maria because he doesn't want to be killed by Chico. Okay. And in the show, they're like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to defend her honor and stuff like that. That's, you know, that's too good. And also of course, Willie, my, one of my favorite characters from the comics, 
I hate that stupid line in the show where he's like, I'm a pacifist. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, ugh, can't take that. Like, that's that's adding a moral high road to these characters that in the comics are not morally good at all. Mm-hmm. In the books, Willie's a dirtbag, uh, a likable dirtbag, even though he won't kill people. It's not because he's a pacifist or thinks that there's something wrong in killing. He's just a coward. That kind of thing. Like, he's just like too chicken to to do anything like yeah, to assert himself whatsoever. There's no like moral highness to any of the characters in the books. Um, like there is in the show. Uh, one thing I did like is that like they stuck to um, Saya in the show mm-hmm. being sort of a morally like more like evil person. Um, like someone who's like a manipulator and uh, you know, like, you know, just sort of a, someone who's sort of maybe soulless and less emotional, like how she is in the comics, but everybody else, they seem to be like, you know, they, they, they have a little bit of the moral ambiguity, but like more palatable sense of it, you know, like you can, you can do it without feeling dirty after watching it. Like in the comics though, it's sort of, uh, it's more disturbing how like evil these people are. Yeah. But what do you think of it? Um, well, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think, uh, two interesting uh, choices. Uh, one was made in casting. Um, I liked Henry Rollins being the uh, the chemistry teacher. Uh, yeah. To have a show uh, that's in the 80s with such a punk rock sort of uh, uh, undercurrent or vibe to it, to have the guy that was the lead singer of, of Black Flag uh, as one of the teachers is, is very cool. Oh, I didn't um, catch that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so early on um, we get uh, the killing moon played by the church, um, which I feel has to be in every eighties movie uh, with the, with a kid who uh, is sort of troubled. Uh, it's, it's the very first song that's played in Donnie Darko and it's, oh, yeah. it's almost the very first song that that's played here. And I'm just like, you know, there had to be another, another song that we could have chose uh here but uh that just seems to be um seems to be a go-to for that uh that time frame so um and i love donnie darko and that's part of the reason why i love the comics so much is that marcus reminds me of donnie donnie darko okay so we have uh we have a couple minutes here um i'll let you you give any any last thoughts you have uh uh uh, it seems like uh, both of us may enjoy the the comic um, a little bit more than 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 the TV show. Um, uh, that might just maybe speak to what uh, you know. We're we're both very much into comics, so but uh, yeah, um, it was cool to see a lot of things that were uh, taken almost uh, from the comics uh, one for one. Um, uh, so so that was that that was fun to see. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, I, I complain about it all day, but I also complain about that kind of stuff with like the Watchmen movie and stuff. But I watch mm-hmm. the Watchmen movie every year. Um, you know, of course, I don't prefer it to the movie, but I love it. I love the movie a lot. Same with 300, same with mm-hmm. Sin City. I always prefer the comic book versions to those. Yeah. But I, I will definitely watch this show at some point all the way through uh, because I am curious to see what kind of choices they make because I like some of the choices that veered off from the source material. Like I like how they had more, like you said, of like the chemistry professor, because in the comic, they barely have any of the classroom stuff. 
okay. which is that's always always bothered me. It's all it's more of a focus on like their extracurricular stuff mm-hmm. and um, their lives outside of the school than it is their actual training. So you know, I was really happy to see more of that, and it, just in the first episode, I was also mm-hmm. happy to see them introduce uh, characters earlier on, like Lex and Petra. Uh, those characters become more important in the comic series, but aren't introduced until later. And their uh, development is sort of rushed. Whereas in this show, they just started open them, you know, introduce them right at the beginning, which was awesome. Cause I mm-hmm. love those characters in the comics and I wanted them to be around longer in the comics um, so that I could know them better. And so it's uh, I'm glad that they're in the show from the beginning as well. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that the show does better than the comics. I really think there is. Well, definitely not visually, of course, but story and character-wise, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for for this episode. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode. And if you could go on iTunes and give us a rating and a review, that that would really help us and we really appreciate it. Um, If you could give us a follow on social media, we are on Twitter. Uh, We are at ConstructComicPod. Um, we're on Instagram as Constructing Comics Pod, and we're on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Constructing Comics. And there we will link uh, to all the pages that we discussed. So that's going to do it for us. I'd like to thank everybody, and we'll be back with uh, another episode uh, very soon. Yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks for listening. Yep.